This is episode 124 of the IDRA Class Notes Podcast. We've seen what happens when we have differentiated expectations and therefore create differentiated curriculum for our kids. We do an injustice to our students, we do an injustice to our parents, and ultimately we do an injustice to our economy because all of the research indicates that we need a better trained, a better prepared, better educated workforce, not a less prepared group of students. Welcome. Another IDRA conversation on an important educational topic. My name is Aurelio Montemayor and Dr. Albert Cortez and I are going to be having a brief conversation on preparing our kids for the 21st century in our public schools, but especially how tracking and those issues are influencing the possibilities. Dr. Cortez, there was a paper, a policy note that came out recently at IDRA called Tracking Endorsements and Differentiated Diplomas when different, the word different in quotes, really is less. Let me just start by, what is tracking in education? Historically, it's, it's been the practice of deciding for students whether they would be allowed to take a high school a curriculum that prepares everybody for college and the option of, of going to college after graduation or making that decision for students and having them take a certain collection of courses that would prepare some for college but many for options less than that. And when you think about tracking as you've defined it, what have we learned about the negative effects of that process? Those that have studied the tracking practices that were very common, frankly, in the 50s and 60s, and that schools you know, started to get away from after that period, was that there was a disproportionate number of minority and low-income students that were tracked into courses and curricular options that essentially had them uh, less well-prepared for college and would tend to concentrate them in courses that would be more focused on preparing them for blue-collar work, agricultural work, anything but those occupations that promise those uh, students a better lifetime outcome. Did a class or ethnic or racial bias show up in, in the studies around that? In the studies, African-American students and Latino students tended to be much more concentrated in those low uh, expectation tracks than you found among white students. Yeah, I, you and I both remember vocational ed and voc ed and stuff like that. But there were also an array of courses that used to exist that were called mathematics, for example, but they weren't algebra one or two, and certainly they weren't calculus. Yeah, the, 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 they were the, the, the business math courses or the, uh, you know, I guess science for uh, agricultural yeah. purposes. Fundamentals of math. Uh, fundamentals of math. There were all kinds of, of labels that were created, uh, but essentially what they pointed out is that there was less academic content and less rigor 
less demanding courses in those very important core content areas that determine whether or not you were well prepared or not well prepared for college. Well, you know, what about the chorus that we hear so often these days that college is not for everybody and that higher math is too abstract for the masses? What's our response to that? Well, unfortunately, that reflects, you know, uh, expectations that some people have, including, unfortunately, some of our educators, that not all students should be prepared for college. And I think that is an undercurrent of an assumption that not all students should go to college. I think our position historically has been that we think that all students should have the option of attending a four-year college and should be prepared to exercise that option, you know, upon graduation, which means that then we would create a core curriculum that would ensure that all our kids have that good preparation going in. The state of Texas was actually moving in that direction by having what was called the 4 by 4 curriculum that required four years of English, math, science, and social studies as the base curriculum for all students. And this 4 by 4 these were not watered-down courses. They were structured as to being a good, solid core curriculum. Yes, they were. And, and then there was pushback that, that came from, as you noted, those non-believers that felt that, oh, no, we shouldn't uh, necessarily be preparing all students for college. Unfortunately, they guised it in the cloth of, of having options for those students. Options and choices, yeah. That uh, unfortunately would uh, try to convince students that they should pursue non-college-bound courses and, and, and options. And we saw that actually uh, come to pass in this last session where the legislature adopted what, what many are calling a watered-down curriculum where we backed away from the assumption that we would prepare all students for having the option to, to choose to go to college to something that would do uh, differentiated preparation of, of our kids with some uh, going into what are being called endorsements but which essentially are a reviving uh, of the old tracking uh, systems that uh, many fought so hard to dismantle uh, in past years. And how are colleges and universities responding or reacting to these changes? There's some real concerns among the college leadership to the movement away from ensuring that all students are well prepared uh, because they, like us, recognize that while students may choose a particular set of course options when they're in high school, once they graduate, do certain kinds of work for a while, they change their mind and they decide they want to go back and get a degree. Higher education leaders have commented that they think this movement away from preparing all students for college essentially dilutes the curriculum for everyone. And they're very concerned that students are going to be less well prepared because the requirements for graduation have been essentially watered down. And, and that that's not just an assessment we've made. People in the uh, business community have also expressed concern that we're backing away from high standards for all students. Well, our commissioner, in fact, in Texas, who who is a conservative himself, uh, our commissioner of education, you know, uh, noted that he felt that, for example, moving away from the universal requirement that all students take algebra two was one example of 
essentially watering down our expectations and therefore our curriculum. Why do we call Adarbatu a gatekeeping course? What does that mean? Because the research has found that students that have taken Algebra 2 are just generally better prepared for the kinds of, of academic challenges that students face when they go to college, where they kind of ramp up the, the core content. And so there is a recognition that if you require less of students, not only in mathematics, but in science, social studies, etc., that those students will not be as well prepared when they enroll in a four-year college. If they're not as well prepared, they wind up taking remediation courses. And what the research on remediation courses has shown that once you get routed into those courses, many students never, never get out. Never get out. You're right. Aren't we kind of over-idealizing? Is there any proof that the majority of the students can handle college-level preparation in high school? What we've seen in Texas that says that all students, if you demand, you know, more of them will, will mm-hmm. respond. Uh, we found that in the last graduating class in, you know, in Texas high schools, 80% of the students that graduated were recommended with a recommended uh, high school program, which was this very rigorous yes. college, college prep, prep you yeah. know, uh, program. This is also part of, of a national conversation that mm-hmm. we know is going on about you know, whether and how well prepared our students should should be and whether we should have all students prepared with the option of attending college. And interestingly enough, this state, Texas, was yes. at the head of this movement to have students very well prepared. And we may be seeing a precursor of what could happen in other states where as educators and others begin to move forward, you mm-hmm. see a pushback coming from people. So it's kind of backtracking to tracks, you know, to, of limitation. Exactly. And, yeah. and we've been there. We, we've seen what happens when we have differentiated expectations uh, and therefore mm-hmm. create differentiated curriculum for our kids. We do an injustice to our students. We do an injustice to our parents. And ultimately, we do an injustice to our economy because all of the research indicates that we need a better trained, a better prepared, better educated workforce, not a less prepared uh, group of students. And we were, again, uh, moving in the right direction. In many states, we are moving in the right direction. But we have to be prepared for the the pushback that will come from some that believe that the college or uh, high expectations is something that we should push for all students. The, the national push that Texas is not officially a part of for the core curriculum does present some challenges because just raising standards to be more rigorous and universal doesn't automatically mean that students will learn that unless the teaching approaches in the curriculum have enough breadth in them so that the masses can learn math. And that's a good point that, that this push for a standard core curriculum mm-hmm. is is good movement forward because it does ensure that if students move across states there is some uniformity about what they would be expected to take your point's well taken though that having higher standards without materials and teachers and everything else that must be aligned to those standards being in place you know is something important to consider but certainly that is all movement in a positive direction 
and that you know we shouldn't be scared by this notion that some or other because we expect more of our students that you know they're not going to live up to those expectations because right. we found in other projects for example that Higher math does remain too abstract for the majority of the students if there's no adaptation on the teaching approaches and the materials and students aren't seen as possibly handling it. So that it's important that we see all students as handling, being able to understand higher math and being able to use it. But it also means that our teachers and our campuses have to adapt in what we do to get them there. Exactly. And... What we found that that reinforces that that idea of high expectations produce high results is our experience in in the Texas top ten percent plan where we had the top students from all the different high schools in the state automatically admitted to the premier universities yes. state funded universities. The concern at the beginning was because they were coming from differing high schools with differing backgrounds that these kids wouldn't be able to perform well in those universities. What they found is that the top 10% students, regardless of what high school they came from, were outperforming students from very uh, elite high schools uh, around the state as a group because they had had high expectations not only from their schools but for themselves. And that was a very good example of what happens if you have those mm-hmm. high expectations and give students the opportunities to show what they can do. And we know of at least one school district that's located where the poorest of the poor are in South Texas, who's managing now not only to envision all students graduating with a minimum of college hours through dual credit courses, but they're aiming themselves at having a significant number of students graduate from high school with Associate of Arts degrees. And and so their expectation for the whole school district is that they're preparing 100% of their students for college. That's a good example of, again, where, you know, school leadership, you know, the, the community voice and expectations about what they would like to see uh, for their children comes through where... In this case, there are those expectations are converted to programs and curriculum and activities that really move all students in a particular direction. And, and that's a very good model that we think might be uh, considered for replication, right. not only in, in schools within Texas, but schools Nashville. throughout the country, yeah. right? expectations are critical. Thank you, Albert. This has been a wonderful conversation. And join us again for our next conversation about important issues in public education. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.